Maseches Chumas Perg Yud Aleph Mishneh Hey Eleven Five. More discussion on the ancillary parts of truma fruits and questioning whether or not they have truma status. Here we talk about the seeds. So some seeds, like an apricot seed, uh, is just totally inedible. And since it's inedible, it's not a non-starter for sure. It doesn't have a of truma. But certain seeds are edible if you really want to eat them, like an apple seed. My grandma used to eat the apple through and through, corn all, and that's not a problem. You can do it if you want to also. So apple seeds really you could eat and therefore they're sort of food-ish. And that being the case, the Mishnah says, Gorine Truma, if you have the seeds of fruits, that the seeds are food-ish, you could eat them if you want to, wanted to. So those seeds, Truma status, depends. Bismanshu Mechansan, if it's a scenario where the Kohen is setting aside the seeds to consume them later on, then it's considering them food, and that being the case, Asuros, they carry all the restrictions of Truma. Vim Hishlichan, if on the other hand he threw them away, they're just now garbage seeds, then mutaras, they become unrestricted, they're just like any, they're not, don't have a status of truma, and that being the case, a non-Kohen could eat those seeds. Again, we're talking about seeds that are like borderline edible seeds. V'chein atzamos hakadshem. The same rationale applies to the bones of sacrificial meat. So here we're referring to, let's say you have an offering, so the offering must be eaten. Some offerings are eaten by kohanim. Some can be eaten by non-kohanim as well. Um, but all sacrificial meat has a deadline. Some is a one-day, some is a two-day offering. But at some point, after a day or two, um, it becomes forbidden to consume that meat. Um, and that meat is called nosar, leftover meat. It actually carries a severe penalty of kares, divine excision, in the event that one consumed that meat. So the question is, what's with the bones of sacrificial animals. So the same kind of principle is going to apply. Some bones are totally inedible, in which case, of course, they're not food, non-starter. Um, but other bones are sort of softer, like cartilaginous bones, and so um, like the soft part, the marrow bone, and so you could eat that part of the of the bone if you really wanted to. So the question is, does that barely edible, borderline edible bone, cartilage, whatever you want to call it, um, count as being meat to the point that if one ate it after the deadline, he'd be liable for nosar? So it's the same principle applying. Bazman shehu mechansan. If a person didn't discard the bones, he saved them for later consumption. Asurim, the bones remain restricted with all the restrictions of regular sacrificial meat. Vimishlichan, once you've discarded those bones as garbage, then mutarin, they become unrestricted and whatever, you know, there's, there's garbage. Fine. Um, now we're talking about a new thing here, which is the waste products that arrive as you mill grain, like wheat. So let's just make sure this is clear. There's, there's two separate stages in the processing of wheat which um, creates waste product. The first stage is called threshing, dush. That's when you have the stalks, you put them on the threshing floor, you have the cow go around in circles, pull on that heavy board, and separates the wheat from the chaff. That chaff is totally inedible. It's a non-start. It's for sure not food. You can give it to animals, but not to people at all. So we're not talking about the waste product from threshing. But after you've done the threshing, you'll have little um, kernels of wheat. After you, you know, you winnowed them and and did borer, and so you collect basically wheat kernels, the kind of thing you buy in the store when you're going to make your chones, whatever it is. And that wheat kernels, those wheat kernels are stored. And then when you want to make um, bread, what you'll do is you'll grind them. Tochen trina. It's called milling in English. You'll mill the mill the wheat kernels, and then you'll be basically left with a flour which you sift, um, rocket. 
and the sifting process separates the finer flour from the bran, which you um, don't want to eat necessarily. So the the bran is actually there's a few different parts to the to the the wheat kernel. The wheat that you want, the white, shiny, new white flour, um, that's called endosperm. That's like the main part of the wheat kernel. Um, but there's also a three other parts to it. There's something called the the germ that's actually inside the kernel, wheat germ, super nutritious for you. It's good stuff, um, but it uh, doesn't make for perfectly white flour. So some people want to sift that out, um, although, that, although it's quite fine. Um more coarse is the outer, I'll call it skin, on the on the around the wheat kernel. That's called the bran. Um, and whole wheat flour includes it, but non-whole wheat flour sifts it out. And then you actually have some even more coarse. The brush, it's like kind of like it's like rough, like hairy, that's on the outside of the kernel. And that's super inedible, and you don't want to eat that if you can avoid it. It's just not really food. So we're going to say essentially the same kind of rationale as before is going to apply here. Also, we're going to say. In the waste, the bran waste that comes from sifting the flour after you've milled the wheat, you'll have different stages. The first stage, the most coarse stuff of all, is called moorsan. And moorsan, that brush, super inedible, you don't want to eat it. It's not food. The same as we're going to talk about bones is not food and stems of flour, uh, stems of fruit, not food. So the moorsan is basically this coarse, inedible, you know, super fibrous material. You don't want to eat it. Um, in the time of Chazal, actually, they, they saved their moorsan and used it as an exfoliant to rub on their skin to yeah, get off their dead skin. It's rough and horrible. You're not eating that. So that part, the moorsan, for sure, is not going to have a true status because it's inedible, not food. But the bran, the more edible bran, which um, the mission will call subin, um, is perfectly edible. Um, Nowadays, it's older age. It's healthy for you, let's say. At the time of Chazal, they preferred not to eat the, the bran. They wanted, you know, white flour. Um, but subin is perfectly edible. And that being the case, the Mishnah says, uh, when it comes to the what the, pros, the remnants of sifting flour, hamursan mutar, the mursan, that really coarse um, fibrous material, which is inedible, is mutar, meaning it's unrestricted. There's no trumo restrictions on it. And the Kohen, non-Kohen who consumes Morsan um, that from a truma wheat plant uh, would not be liable to anything. Subin, on the other hand, so it depends. Uh, the Mishnah says shel chadashos asuros v'shel yishenos yishanos mutaros. If it's from uh, fresh wheat, then it's forbidden, and if it's from old wheat, it's it's uh, permitted. Now this is a little misleading. When you hear about yashan and chadash in the context of wheat, you probably think of um, last year's crop and this year's crop divided by the bring of Omer. That's, don't think that. We're not talking about that at all. We're simply talking about um, fresh versus non-fresh, freshly cut, freshly harvested wheat, things like this. When you take wheat, you're going to um, detach it from the ground, um, like the Chag HaKatsir, the time for reaping the wheat and harvesting it, is going to be Shavuos time, like the beginning of the summer, right? But then that wheat sits out in the field the whole summer long to dry out. And then comes Sukkot time, at the end of the summer is Chaga Asif, you'll bring in that dried wheat. Um, so once it's been fully dried out, so then the wheat is great for milling. But when it's freshly um, cut, it's still moist on the inside. And if you try to mill freshly cut wheat kernels, so then the endosperm, the white what we call like the white flour, 
will become stuck, will be stuck because it's moist um, to the bran. And that being the case, the bran has just got lots of real edible truma food to it. And that being the case, the Mishnah says, if it's chadashos, if it's freshly cut, meaning within the last 30 days, this wheat has been cut, so then it hasn't dried out thoroughly, and therefore when you grind it, whatever subin, whatever bran you have left behind, uh, will have lots of endosperm edible flour attached to it, and therefore you can't let a non-cone eat it because it's still truma. But after 30 days, and it's yashan, it's now old wheat, meaning more than 30 days old wheat, now we it's fully dried out, and if you mill it and sift it, the bran that's left behind in the sifting process will be dry and have no endosperm, you know, white flour attached to it. And therefore, once it's been discarded as non-flour, it could be eaten by a non-Kohen because it doesn't have a din of truma. Uh, the words inside the Mishnah, just I'm reading now, hamursan mutar, that very rough, fibrous brush, is mutar because not food at all. But subin, as for the bran, the inner layer, the, the, the skin around the wheat kernel, shel chadashos asuros, if it's freshly cut 30 days or less cut, then it's forbidden, v'shel yeshanos, after 30 days, and it's now seasoned, dried out wheat, it's mutaros, that bran is mutar, it's permitted to be eaten by nangawanam because it's not considered food anymore. V'noag betruma k'derech shunog b'chulim. Now this is kind of a new point here, but it's really connected. You're not allowed to waste truma food. That's what we've set up to now. So the question is, how punctilious, how careful you need to be when you consume your truma to not waste anything, to not leave a drop behind, to not let anything, you know, um, get lost in the machinery that you're when you're milling it and so on and so forth. So the answer, is, the Mishnah says, is be normal, whatever your normal standards of, of food consumption are that apply to non-truma as they do to truma. The Mishnah says, noag truma k'derechshu noag b'chulin. You should treat your truma in the same way you treat your chulin, your non-truma foods. Meaning, if it's not considered a waste by chulin, it's not considered a waste by truma. Okay? Now, that said, if you're going to be sifting your flour extra, extra, extra fine um, to produce something called solace, which probably really resembles like our white flour today, but uh, in any case, that was considered to be super fancy. Um, and to get solace, you have to use a very fine sifter. And you'll end up um, sifting out, leaving behind lots of perfectly edible flour, um, which is not even bran, it's just flour. Um, they, of course, couldn't um, couldn't uh, grind their their, uh, their their wheat as well as we could today. So not everything was ground finely enough to make it through the final sifting. So the point is, if a person only eats super-duper fine flour, he'll have a lot of leftover flour in the sifter. The question is, since he's not planning on eating that, flour, is it considered to be flour or waste? So the mission is going to say, no, it's still flour and it's food. Um, if you have those super high standards, so then more power to you, you're allowed to, but you certainly cannot dispose of and and, dis- and waste um, the flour that's perfectly edible. Um, you have to protect it like other truma, it can't go to waste. So that's what the mission says here inside. Hamasales, that's a verb for creating solace, one who creates um, very fine flour. Kavo kabayim lasa, that for every one sa of flour going in before the sifting process, only one or two kabin come out for eating. Again, you'll recall, our saw is the size of a six-pack of two-liter bottles. Each two-liter bottle is one kav, which means for six kabin that go in to the sifting process, only one or two come out as with the flour that's good enough for you to eat. So you're leaving four or five kabin behind. So that's just uh, too 
to refine the palate, and what you're leaving behind is perfectly good food, and therefore it's truma and must be protected as such. No one said you have to eat it, but you certainly um, are not at liberty to just um, dispose of it. So the Mishnah says, um, in such a case, lo abed es hashar. You can't just um, destroy the remaining four or five carbon that didn't make it through your sifting. Ella you have to put it in a safe place, um, and it'll spoil by itself. And when it does spoil, of course, you can dispose of it, but until then it has to be protected from destruction and tumor.